We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good? Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm your guy, Sean Davis at SV2 Mics, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink responsibly. You have to drink responsibly. Get another win. Get the cap off another win with some Anora. Coliseum, Notre Dame looking to come in, step on the building like the dog pound came in in New York, New York, in their video. We'll hear from Marcus Freeman. We'll also discuss the biggest strides this season, mm-hmm. some of the biggest and key moments of the season. LL question of the day What has been the biggest improvement? with this team from start to finish or to where we sit right now on the eve of the big USC game on Saturday night. What has been this team's biggest improvement from day one until today? LL question of the day. Then I'm going to get into a conversation that I had on Twitter yesterday, bro, with some fans where one fan being upset with Notre Dame's approach to NIL said, enjoy being mediocre and continuing to be a mediocre program. Notre Dame fans, do you feel like you support a mediocre football program? I'm just asking for a friend. Let me know. If you feel like Notre Dame is a mediocre football program, I just need to know. Because it was a Notre Dame fan that made the statement. I found them very strange. Very strange. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But Lev, how are you feeling? First of all, congratulations to Coach Lev and Lakewood on making it to the championship game in the California State playoffs. That's right. Yes, That's sir. Right. We there. Big game, Northwood. We got to gotta get it, bring it to them, bring that chip home. All I'm saying left is, you know, things kind of took off when someone became the offensive coordinator. I don't want to say who. I don't want to say who. I'm just saying a certain move was made. Certain moves was made. Things took place. Guys, (laughs) next man in had to happen. And the next man was the right man. Got us all the way there. So we're going to make it happen. Got to finish the job now. Absolutely. Finish the job. Championship game coming up. It's a big weekend for you, dude. You have an event for the USC weekend. You have a big game, championship game. And then the actual Notre Dame USC game on Saturday night and the holiday weekend. It's, yeah, bro. Sheesh. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of the end of the year is always a lot of cool stuff happening. End of the year is always some uh, a lot of people doing a lot of cool things, a lot of good things going on. I always enjoy this part of the year because you know you got all the major sports on. You got the holidays, championship weeks, rivalry weeks. Football, All-American games coming up. I mean, you know, the end of the football season is usually the one of the coolest parts about football in general, especially college football. And, you know, even now high school, we taking that thing to another level, even on all levels, especially high school. And so it's just awesome to see, uh, see it come together, man, because it's been a long season. You know, it's been a long season, just a long year, and we're looking to finish strong in the right way. Once again, big matchup coming up. It'd be interesting to see where both teams sit in the CFP rankings that come out later on tonight. I'll say this. There's a lot of noise coming from the left coast (laughs) on how they expect to blow Notre Dame out. I have one individual that works for the Pac-12 network as an analyst that flat out said, now this is the funniest thing in the world to me. Notre Dame doesn't have the speed on the back end to contend with USC. Is the USC wide receiver core better than Ohio State? I think they got better names, but we, we just played CJ Stroud and limited him to 21 points. What about Drake May and their receiving core at North Carolina? Yeah, what about Drake May? I mean, you could throw Zay Flowers in there. He's a great receiver. How I do mean, you, how, yeah, that three catches 
Let's say Flowers three. Was that three? That was hmm. it. Jackson and Jigba Smith couldn't finish the game. Hmm. Hmm. We don't have enough speed on the back end. But we only give up 21 against a top receiver rank? Yeah, I just found it interesting, Left Man, these people be – Pac-12 just never had a quarterback as dynamic as Caleb. And now they just all got these wild ambitions and dreams. Like, we just get worse because y'all talk better about another team. We don't get worse because y'all speak high about another team. If anything – you know us. We're going to play to y'all level. <laughs> We're going to make it a game every time. The last time we was just outmatched from a receiver core standpoint was probably in 2014 when they just had Marquise Lee and Nelson Aguilar and George Farmer where they would just be like, all right, we just going to. That was a tough day, bro. That was a tough day in the Coliseum. That was a tough day in the Coliseum. We're going to pull four on one side, and we're going to go one-on-one -on -one and just throw a go route. Just fitting nothing you can nothing. <laughs> I mean, what, Juju was a freshman? Juju was a freshman. Juju was a freshman. Had a Dory. He didn't even play offense at that point. He didn't point. play George Farmer. Yeah. Yeah, that was – okay, that, that, that was a tough matchup. But we got faster guys than that now. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that was a tough day, bro. That was a hey, tough day. But you and Greg got off. You oh, yeah, Greg, you, know. you and Greg, you know, RIP to Greg Bryant. You and Greg came in late in that game and got off. We we, we had to show our little Jalen Sneed moments. We was like, oh, we deserve to be in there. We deserve to be in there now. We're gonna make some plays. All right. And that was like a one o'clock game. Oh, early because we was we was bad at that point. Yeah, because it was three thirty <laughs> in the Midwest. I remember that. We had ate breakfast and showed up to the Coliseum. We was like, "That's not what happened three years ago." We was eating dinner and came. Now we right. eat breakfast and came. Well, this one here is a six thirty start. Prime time, Prime ABC. Time. Yes, sir. everything on the line. College football playoff berth on the line for USC. Man, possibility of climbing to that top 10 of the CFP for Notre Dame. Possibility, outside possibility, a lot of dominoes have to fall. Outside chance at the NY6 Bowl. Possibility of a big-time matchup. Is that a top, the top 60 or the, uh, how do they do the NY6? It's the top 10? It is. Man, it, dude, I swear to God. <laughs> I apologize for that, guys. NY6 Bowl are usually locked into, if I'm not mistaken, um, conferences with certain bowls. So, like, the second Michigan would be the second-place team or the second-best-ranked team in the Big the Ten. Big right? Yeah, it won't be the, the Big Ten West champion. Right. It'll be the second-best team in the Big Ten or the second best ranked team will go to the Rose Bowl, right? Got it. And then it would be the second best Pac-12 team unless they have a higher ranked team that they can choose for a better matchup. Which would, that's so what we start playing into it. 
Yeah, so it still has the the, the uh, conference alignment and partnership connections, but every now and then, you know, the bowl has the right to grab another team if they want to, if that second place team isn't ranked high enough. So Notre Dame would pretty much have to be like an at-large selection, which is Notre Dame. So, of course, the brand is big, fan base travels, big-time TV ratings. What big-time bowl wouldn't want that? But like I said, there are a lot of things that, like, you would have to have Michigan get blown out. Yeah. Or something like that, right? Get just outright embarrassed. Yeah, they got to lose with style. Lose, and like other teams lose and just look bad in order for Notre Dame to really get consideration. It's a it's an amazingly long shot. It's an amazing long shot for Notre Dame. Uh, a miracle probably would have to happen, but yeah. That's really interesting. I think uh, the style points definitely matter. Yeah. I think, like you said, that Navy – Winning in style at Navy would have helped us tremendously. It's just unfortunate that, you know, we're a team that likes to just get the win. And yeah. and, and nowadays college football is so tight and close with how these team schedules play out. And, you know, everybody is having, you know, pretty good seasons. They got to look at stuff like that. And and us being involved in the playoffs as much as we are, or at least in the top 10 as much as we are, we should know that as well and know that games like Navy, it feels like a loss when you're winning as close as we did. Yeah. And Heather Dinich went into it a little bit today on uh, Get Up earlier when she talked about Notre Dame pretty much being the biggest X factor in the CFP. Not right? uh, No. No, 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 because the way Notre Dame has responded and recovered after having a tough early start, Notre Dame will be important to Ohio State if they lose to Michigan for their resume to possibly still get in without being a conference champion. Notre Dame is going to be very important to USC in their resume to get in, right? Notre Dame is going to be vitally important to teams like North Carolina and Clemson Mm. You know, whether or not they can get in as a conference championship or North Carolina losing last week, you know, them getting into the college football playoffs is pretty much a done deal. But Clemson can still sneak in, you Mm. know, as a one loss conference championship. But the thing that might hold that back from being, you know, being able to take place is, man, Notre Dame banged you. Like Notre Dame flat out embarrassed you. Yeah. Could that still be held against them? So Notre Dame, even in a down season, as most people would say, is the biggest X factor in the college football playoff right now. How much do you think the Stanford lost ways considering it was only, what, three points? Do you think that would have? It was two points, right? 16-14? Yeah, two points. Do you think? Like, because, you know, I think the college committee kind of shakes off some of the losses if it's close like that. But it was just the fact that Stanford isn't <laughs> the it's the so, team we lost to just don't have great records. Like, like I said, man, things, <laughs> look, Notre Dame, I, I made the analogy yesterday. Notre Dame showed up to the interview late. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. one thing to interview 
bad. But it's a whole nother thing to show up late, to not have your resume when you walk in the door, to hand to whomever the interviewer is. It's like certain things on the checklist that you must do. Right. Who's into Marshall and Stanford? Like, dude, you you just can't do that. Can't. You can't. And, you know, it is what it is. Like, no one was really – that Ohio State loss didn't stop Notre Dame from having a realistic shot at a college football playoff. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah, no, it didn't. If it anything, didn't. we set up for a rematch considering we win the rest of our games. Yeah. Now, Notre Dame probably would sit somewhere around six or seven right now if they had run the table with a realistic shot if certain things happen, certain dominoes fall. But a close loss at Columbus in the first game, what could the committee really say about that? Yeah, it's too early to even make a, right? a judgment on it. For real. And one of the things that they've been looking at in the last couple of years is game control. With Notre Dame controlled the game for about 60% of it. Yeah, I mean, we was in we was the game control. Yeah, Notre Dame controls 60% of that game in Columbus. Yeah. So maybe even more. So they would have been in the, the catbird seat as an independent, in my opinion, in a really good spot. They would probably would have needed some help. But, I mean, look, the unforgivable, right? Now, that's one thing you can say. that Those are unforgivable losses. Losses that if the head coach was in year three or four, you might say, hey, man, we might you might be on the hot seat. But first year head coach. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, for what we were able to put together in the first season for a first year head coach, I think it's undeniably – Silly to think that it's underperformed or Marcus Freeman has had an underwhelming season. I think this has been a tremendous season for a first-year head coach in general. <laughs> it's not like, you know, the head coach had Marshall for five years and finally got his shot. This is the first stab at it. You know, it's like Obama's first term. It was like, man, it just everything you did was just great, it feels like, you know. But for Marcus Freeman to go in there, have a potential 10-win season, yeah, have what it what all the things included are on the line in the last game of the season against a rival, beating two top 10 teams in your first first year as a head coach, let alone at a program like Notre Dame. Bring the recruiting, and we haven't even seen the impact of the recruiting just yet. Yeah, but you've seen a little bit of it with transfers like a Brandon Joseph. Yeah, could Brandon would Brandon Joseph come to Notre Dame if Marcus Freeman wasn't there? I don't know. I think Marcus Freeman played a big part. Yeah, I think Marcus Freeman spent enough recruiting to play big parts in a lot of these guys. Uh, recruitment and getting them to Notre Dame visits. Yeah. I mean, we even brought some of the top players in the country to take a visit solo, not not group 
visit, take a solo visit, like a Richard Young, like a Keon Keeley, get them up to school, get them interested, even had one of them committed. So it's underrated, if anything, what you can put on the, the value of this first year and what Marcus Freeman was able to do. Uh, even crazier is that what you got to see and bounce it back from adversity. Right. A lot of teams tank in those situations, i.e. Texas A&M, lose a couple games where you shouldn't lose, and then everything starts going out of whack. Marcus Freeman held it together. Mm. In times when we felt like he should have said some more. Mm. He did something, said something. Yeah. Held it together. Stuck to stuck to his to to the script of what he was uh, preaching all season, all off season, and the team responded just how Marcus Freeman responded: stay consistent, not too high, not too low, and pulled off some great victories in adverse situations. All of this with a mediocre quarterback. So it's great to see uh, him fighting a good fight because there's a lot of things that he can't control that's on the staff currently. And in the building currently, that some would consider as a as a hindering factor to his success in this season as well. So I think with all those things included, man, that man is doing his job, to say the least, <laughs> and got us in position to still put our name in that New Year's Six Bowl, uh, provided college football playoff uh, committee uh, realizes everything that went into this Notre Dame season, because we are an X Factor and just like we're staying on brand, we get better as the season gets colder. And we proved it last week playing in the frozen tundra and scoring 44 points. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Jason Hewlett, thank you for the super chat. We appreciate you for tapping in, my man. Truly appreciate you. And right on brand, you talked about the ability to keep the season on track, man. Amidst the two disappointing losses, the loss at Ohio State. Being three and three, 500 at one point in this season. People talking about get rid of them out of after one season. Yeah, this was the fan base. Certain portions of the fan base wanted them gone after six games into the season. Marcus Freeman talked about that, what he did to keep everything on track. National championship is something that um, every major program has to start the season, you know, and it's a it's a big goal, but that can't be your only goal because there's only going to be one team that wins a national championship. And, and, you know, although we aren't, you know, quiet about saying that's obviously our goal every single season, win national championship, there's also goals that we have in terms of, you know, individual goals, constant improvement. And, and that's what, um, you know, my challenges to this group, I, I, every time I say, hey, our goal is to win national championship, the, the, the next point I make is our goal is to win every game we play. And this game has nothing to do with the last game or the Ohio State game or the games we lost before that. And so that's why I say that, because if you lose out on the opportunity to win national championship, okay, what other goals do you have? We got to go to win every game we play. And uh, that's something that, you know, for anybody that's been in a competitive sport or any type of competition, the, the feeling you get from victory, right, is is something that's so special. And you know what? Um, I heard somebody say, well, what are you guys playing for? An opportunity to win. And that's all we need to know is that if you have competitive spirit and you're an ultimate competitor, that's all you need to know is there's an opportunity to go win and there's an opportunity to be called a winner, and that's all we need to know. 
your head coach for the fighting Irishman from Notre Dame. He should have been honest. He said, we playing for recruiting. <laughs> we won our Super Bowl recruiting championship. That That's what we playing for. We did our damn thing. Now we got another opportunity for recruiting. Like you said, another opportunity to win. I think when you're at this level, it's about winning. Not a win is a win, but winning in style. And I think that's it, the opportunity he looks at every day. How can we win in style? And and how can winning in style match his style every day at the podium? I mean, if we can get those two aligned, I mean, we're looking at a perfect season. Because <laughs> those suits is crispy, too. Under Armour, you make suits? Yo, it's something else he said after the game in the post-game press conference. Like, look, he said he told the players at halftime of the Boston College game. I'm sick and tired of, of taking questions about you all not playing a full game and you all playing down to your competition and you all not playing good at home. Go take care of your business in the second half. I said, yo, that's what's up. Yeah. It wasn't nothing about we need the X and O's. It no. He said, look, go out there and, and yeah. go there and play like you know how to do the damn thing. Yeah. Cause this that's, is Boston College. That's the speech we used to get from my moms, like when they pulled up to the mall, the store back in the day. All right, now we going in here. You better act like <laughs> you got to say, hey, don't act out in here. You yeah. act out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get you right where you act out. Yeah, you, you better act like you got some sense. Exactly. That's what he told them. Like, man, y'all walk out in that field and act like you got some sense. <laughs> you know who you are. That's right. You know the team we are. Don't go out there and act crazy. Don't, don't, don't go out there acting crazy. Yeah, put, put the onus and the responsibility and accountability on the team. Yeah. That's right. Put it on the 11, team. Man, you're 11, 12 weeks deep into the season. Like, look. He's been shouldering a lot. Like, He's we are coached out. Lot. Yeah, we are coached out at this point. Yeah. Go do it. Go do it. He's like, we this far, man. I can't keep carrying you with my words. Yeah. And they get another opportunity to rise to the occasion on Saturday night. They have risen to the occasion in Columbus. They didn't get the victory, but they rose to the occasion, and they competed. They controlled the majority of their game. They rose to the occasion. Like you said, they could have been broken when they went to Chapel Hill. Yeah. New quarterback, two big losses. They rose to the occasion. Once again, weren't expected to win. When they went up to the dome to face Syracuse, rose to the equation. I mean, to the occasion. And solved the equation. Yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> Thank you for the save right there. Appreciate it. Then they did the same thing November 5th. They rose to the occasion when people were doubting whether or not they were good enough, despite beating Syracuse the week before. They haven't played good at home. They lost two big games at home. They're a different That's team in the road. That's disappointing. All they can do is run the ball. This is an NFL front seven. I don't know if they can gain 50 yards on the ground against this defense. They put up over 200. They rose to the occasion. Defense, yeah. Benjamin Morrison, rose to the occasion. Rose to the occasion. One more time. Can Marcus Freeman and his fighting Irish rise to the occasion? We'll see Saturday night when they invade the Coliseum 
to face off against the USC Trojans. Lucky Lefty Podcast. As always, podcasts are available. CFB Nation, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you. Download. Set up the automatic download. You might as well leave five stars. Leave your comments. We respond all the time. We read them, and we greatly appreciate you. Decline. We're above 3,000. Now we're on the five. That's our next goal. And it's because of you that we keep doing what we do. That's right. Every day. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. Roderick Blackman, thank you for the super chat. If we go 10 and 3 in Freeman's first year, do you guys feel we had a successful season without a playoff berth? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that we've had a successful season, uh, winning two ranked games as a first year head coach. That's something that you can hang your hat on, uh, winning the recruiting Super Bowl. I think something you can hang your hat on, uh, and just in, in, and meeting the expectation of not falling off. I think a lot of times that, uh, is underrated where, yeah, we're not better than, our best season, but we're not having a worse season either. And to be able to stay close to that expectation in a year where, you know, we had people talking about transition. We had people talking about, we're not there yet. Um, Especially after that first, that first loss and then the second loss to Marshall. I think there's a lot that you can be really, really proud of and a lot that you can be hopeful for, for the future. I don't think this is a team where, after the season, regardless of what happens, I'm thinking, oh, we got to scratch our heads and start over and, you know, at all, and right. figure out some answers. I think the answers that we know we need to fix are very fixable. And getting better and excited to see how these guys develop in a year two under Marcus Freeman, I think everything is trending upwards. You know, hold on to your stock if you bought some because it's going up, especially for 2024. The key thing you said there is you have to be able to recognize the issues. That's right. That's one of the biggest strengths, in my opinion, that we saw in Marcus Freeman, even before he became the head coach, when he was defensive coordinator. He's able to identify the problems. Not only identify, but then rectify the problem. Like, you might disagree with his process. You might not have liked the way he uh, – Operated as a head coach on the sideline to start the season, but he has gotten better and he has improved and he has shown that he can rectify situations and rectify problems. Whether it's on the field, locker room, getting players to buy in, getting everybody in the program to buy in, getting coaches to change their ways. He's done that. We've seen evidence of that during the season. Look, and recruiting, we've seen it all from Marcus Freeman when it comes to identifying the problems and being able to rectify situations. Jason Hewlett, once again, thank you for the super chat. Hope we run the hell out of number seven versus USC. We got to out-physical them, in my opinion, of the situation. Lucky for OC. I don't know, bro. Would you move the family to the Midwest? Look, Marcus Freeman, man, say, hey. I need an ace in the hole. Somebody's going to run the ball. Somebody's going to score points. 
and you live in California and you just, yeah, you might as well just come on, man, join that dating squad. Look, the dating squad is like assembling the Avengers. Mm. You know, we already got Mickens. We got Marcus Freeman. You throw a Malik in there. (sighs) South Bend might have changed the area code to 937. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Jason Hewlett has another super chat. We appreciate you, Jay. Look, who fits the offense better, Kenny or CJ? Can Kenny start next year? I think Kenny would be great in this system, but it all depends on the relationship that he has with the offensive coordinator because it's a lot of pieces that have to be in play just for a quarterback to be successful, even if he's talented. Look at Bryce Young. Bryce Young is the most one of the most talented quarterbacks there. The coordinator, Bill O'Brien, is subpar. So yeah. it's like, yeah, they're doing a lot of great things, but when it gets to the nitty-gritty, Bryce can't do it on his own, and then play callers ain't helping. Like, even in the Texas game, that play call where he had to – nobody was open, by the way. Get a free blitzer. Bryce has to be great like who he is, makes a guy miss to win the game. That wasn't a play call. That was Bryce Young. You need a play call mixed with a Bryce Young to get you those championships, to get you in that right spot. And I think that with Kenny Mitchie, he can make a lot of plays that can cover up for a lot – but he still needs to have that uh, that that ace in the hole uh, calling the plays for him. I think we got to see a little bit of that with a Trevor Lawrence situation. Um, I rarely saw Trevor Lawrence in situations where the play wasn't any good and he just, you know, uh, took over in a lot of situations too. But I think it, it has to be a combination. Caleb Williams with Lincoln Riley makes USC worth watching. Caleb Williams and being there by himself. I mean, there's been tons of great quarterbacks at USC that had terrible seasons. But when you mix a Lincoln Riley and a Caleb Williams, you get a great show on turf that, you know, is great for college football to watch. So uh, I think that's a little bit of what it takes to be that great at that level. But I think we have a lot of spare parts. We just got to build a car out of it. Look, man. I'm a huge Caleb Williams fan. Huge. He's the leader in the clubhouse for the Heisman Trophy, especially after Drake May lost that game to Georgia Tech. Like, sorry, my man. This one might – he might be so far out in front that he could take a loss in one of these next two games. Yeah. But C.J. Stroud has his moment Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we talked about. And that's yeah. what we talked about when we played Ohio State. We was like, CJ only going to have two moments all year. Right. And that's Notre Dame and Michigan. And that's if Michigan can be good, they'll, they'll hold up for that long, yeah. which they have. But it goes back to why CJ Stroud has to play perfect all the time is because the teams they play, you know, they it's what Heisman moment you going to create in that schedule that you got outside those two teams. So I think uh, you're right. This is a game which he can prove a lot because they lost it last year, yeah. even though he played great. He had like 500 yards still. <laughs> you know, he, he, balled just, out. he definitely balled out in the snow. In the snow. So, you know, uh, it would be great to see us really take that next step and get a guy that can be in those conversations of New York as well. I think Marcus Freeman will fit great 
with a quarterback that has that ability. And it will just make the program look that much more attractive to be coming to. Easy, thank you for the super chat. Our girl, Sean, on another note, with number 12 potentially being ready for the bowl game. What you plan? Absolutely. He would have a couple of packages to, to uh, impact the run game for me or to go play action off of that. It's more Tyler Buckner in there? Yeah, he's ready. Marcus Freeman said uh, he won't be able to play in the regular season, but he should be available for the bowl game. So I would absolutely give him a package or two in the bowl game. Uh, he, I mean, he had to get in and get some audition tape <laughs> because, you know, I don't think we should move off of what we wanted to do uh, before we knew he was going to be healthy the rest of the season, which is go get us some couple transfer guys. And, and have some tough conversations at the end of this year. I think from that position specifically and everybody in that room, including players and coaches, yeah. that's a room that needs to be addressed in some way or another. And I think that with him coming back, it would be great to see him be healthy. But then again, you're going to give him packages like he did before he started? I don't know how much you even go from there because at this point, I don't see the offensive coordinator 11, 12, more than 10. Not in this game or not in the, the bowl season. So I think it'll just be – it's a tough situation for that room <laughs> in general. So, you know, hopefully we can keep them healthy. I think that's the thing you probably want to see is keeping them healthy in the offseason. Tomorrow – special day of thanks for this season and the fan base. We are going to unveil and reveal the top five things we're thankful for about the Notre Dame program on tomorrow. The top five things we are thankful for about the Notre Dame program on tomorrow. So you won't want to miss that. You definitely don't want to miss that. We'll be revealing that tomorrow. Left, Marcus Freeman also talked about the team, the injuries. He said that Brandon Joseph, probable. Talked about Tobias still dealing with that concussion. Um, Jason Adamiola, probable. Both of those guys seem like they're on the road to being able to play on Saturday night. He also talked about the shoulder issue with Cam Hart. Um, it doesn't look good right now. We'll see. My thing is, it's so the fan base has been so hot and cold on Cam Hart this year. One week they like him, the next week they don't like him. What's wrong with him? He's played through injuries. He played through the hamstring. He had the hamstring issue against Ohio State. Still played. It kept lingering. He still played until he had to miss some time. Comes back. Healed from that. Now the shoulder against Boston College late in the game. So, you know, this might – most people might feel like this is trending to Cam Hart coming back for another year, right? And I don't think I would commit myself to saying that Cam Hart took that step that we thought he would take. Because he took a step the year we before. Can, we, can, we can be honest and, and say that he's not what we – 
he probably would say he's yeah. not where he wanted and thought he would be following a Kyle Hamilton season where he just, you know, was sitting in that draft room being like, I'll be here next year. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, he's feeling a little bit of that. And But we've seen him not be ready on that level due to playing through some injuries, you know, a couple of bad plays here and there. Uh, a lot of what we didn't see the year before, but he's been challenged a lot more this year, which we said would happen. Yeah, I think that uh, getting that challenge and kind of brings them back to, okay, I got to get healthy, number one. Yeah. And number two, being healthy, I can make better plays and be more impactful to get go back to where I felt like I was heading the season before. I think a lot of times, you know, when you're going through those injuries, you're, you're off your game mentally and I on the field outside of just having a tweak, whatever the case may be. But then again, it's going to help you also get more competitive because it's not getting any easier in that secondary room. And we talked a little bit last year how offensively, how it could impact a lot with Avery Davis coming back, uh, Michael Mayer coming back, guys coming back that we're like, all right, you you come back, but there's some guys that's coming in. Right, you're taking snaps. Yeah, you're taking snaps from guys. So, with with Ben Morrison playing so well, like he's doing, uh, it's only spelling that and extrapolated. If I had to extrapolate that out, that I'm sure these freshmen coming in are going to play really well. That we're excited about our Micah Bells, our Christian Grays, other 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 class. They're not going to make Cam's job any easy, you know, and. Yeah. And Morrison getting a year older, Jaden Mickey getting a year older. You know, it's going to be a lot of moving pieces, but I think this, it, all in all, that competition level is going to raise. I mean, we even saw Xavier Watts go out there and make a, a couple good plays. Then he had a sack, something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, hey, the second day is coming alive. So, this is the right time to want to be in that room, but it also is getting a stuffy room in there, too. And I feel like people think this is a video game and like Notre Dame's going to line up man to man bumper run every play. Mm-hmm. When they face CJ Stroud, they made him hold the ball. Why? Looks, different coverages, man, zone, looking like man, being zone, looking like zone, actually man. <laughs> right? They did Show the same thing. Not they pressure. did the same thing to Drake May. This is where Al Golden comes in. They did the exact same thing that Drake made. They made him hold the ball, made him indecisive, right? Drake May broke, man, he broke contain early in the game, was able to make some big plays with his feet. Caleb Williams is probably going to give you the same issue. Yeah, Caleb's going to give us some issues. He's going to give you the issue. We just make him hesitate. hold the ball. Make him hesitate. Al Golden isn't about to go out there and line up against the weapons they have man-to-man all night. No. That's that's not how you attack a team like that. Mm -hmm. And Marcus Freeman, he knows that USC has weapons. He knows that they're dangerous, and he talked about the weapons. I mean, I I wish I could point. It all starts with the quarterback. 
it all starts with every offense, I believe, starts with a quarterback. It starts with the quarterback and the decision making and his ability to extend plays and, 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 and put the ball where it needs to go. But, um, even with Die being out, the running back Die being out, who was extremely talented as you watch back through their season, um, they, they got a, a stable of running backs. The, the one guy that was from Stanford, um, Jones, he was at Stanford. We faced him last year and, and, uh, you know, the, they got a freshman running back. Um, Brown, that's fast, and they use him at returner and do some different things with him, and he's talented. Their offensive line is uh, a veteran group. It's probably one of the most veteran experienced groups we'll face, and their wideouts, you can just go down a list from Addison to uh, to Rice to um, Mario Williams, who transferred from Oklahoma, um, the, uh, Washington from Memphis. I mean, you can just go down the line of talented wide receivers um, that find a way to get their hands on the ball. So um, every position on their offense um, will present a big challenge for us. I mean, it is what it is. But let's not act like Notre Dame hasn't seen a talented offense this year. Yeah, and that's the difference between us and all these teams are going against is that we've, we've been there, done that. We played Ohio State first game. Mm-hmm. So this Clemson game isn't overwhelming. This USC game isn't overwhelming. The Ohio State game wasn't overwhelming. And I think that what teams underrate and undervalue about us is that being independent and playing everybody, we're not going in as a little brother in no situation. Even if you got a better record or a better quarterback or whatever the case, we're Notre Dame. So you're going to have to play your best game against us to beat us, no matter what uh, this the rankings are or who's your coach or whatever. I think that's what makes us such a neutral playing team is that, yeah, all the hype and emotion, yeah, but you got to lock in in between those lines. And I think it's going to be a a very focused game. I don't think Caleb is going to have the 500-yard performance he did against UCLA, but we know about them Pac-12 teams. They're going to give it up. They're going to give up them yards. They're going to give up them touchdowns. That's just that the way the conference operates. Now, over here, we may give up some points, but you're going to have to work for them. And I think as long as we get them working for them, uh, for the points, not just giving up huge, crazy, explosive plays that USC has been doing all year, I think it will put us in a good spot to have the position to win the game. Now, we have to go do it, but it's going to take – you know, the quarterback to play his best game, yeah. everybody involved, especially that receiver group. You know what this reminds me of? I just happened to watch Creed 2 the other day. You know, where he uh, fought Baby Drago. <laughs> and he lost the first matchup, and they come back for the rematch, and Rocky takes him out in the desert. And Rocky's like, you might think because you're faster and you have the speed advantage that you need to stay away. And Rocky puts a tire in the middle of the ring and forces him to put one foot in the tire and another boxer with the same foot in the tire. Like, this is where you beat him at. You're going to have to make this. Don't give him range. Yeah, toe to toe. Toe to toe. We ain't, we ain't playing range with you all. No, no, no. Come put all your foot in the tire. and pretty throws and all, all that. that. Nah. Mm-mm. No. 
This game is gonna be won right here. In the middle of the field. Let's go. Yeah. Let's see what you got. Slug it out. Body blow at the body blow at the body blow at the body blow. And all of that cute running around stuff after a while. You take too many body blows. No. And that's the focus that Notre Dame needs to have, man. This game is not about running with USC, proving that you are just as fast. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. We're going to come after Caleb. That's the head of the snake. We hit him. All of that speed doesn't mean a thing. Yeah, because they always had guys that could catch the ball. Yeah, absolutely. But so, have- that being said, mm-hmm. that's the focus. Like, yeah, they have weapons. The weapons aren't oper- <laughs> aren't operational or will not be operational. If the electricity is off, like I don't care about technology. If you don't have the energy for stuff to be cut on, Caleb Williams is the energy to that whole thing. Because other than that, they just spare parts. Hit they can't him do it to themselves. Hit him from the first series. Blitz, mix it up, make him think. Yes, make him think all night long. All that cute stuff, motioning Jordan Addison into the backfield, running wheel wide. All right, do all of that. You can do whatever you want to. These four dudes up here. Yeah, in the front. In the front. They better make you run around. That's it. If we get you running around all game, cool. But that's the difference between us and all these other teams, UCLA and all the teams they did putting these crazy numbers up. They're front. Is is like a walk in the park. Look at that UCLA game. Caleb just back there, just one, two, three, hmm, looking around. Yeah, I'll just run over just here, chilling. make a play, just chilling. No, anybody would have had 500 yards against that UCLA front four body because the 500 yards is a lot. But a kid with talent, you can't let him just sit back there and and just be playing backyard football and that's not going to happen with us which is the difference right there so that's where that's where you cut the points in half right there isaiah Fosky got 25 sacks in his career you think we just finna let caleb just sit back there and hang out no 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 and then don't let Jalen sneed find his way on the field and caleb get to running around because we know what happens when Jalen sneed put his hands on you I'm just a big fan. That's all I'm saying. Other than that, the whole 40-point thing, impossible. I'm not going to say impossible. But highly unlikely because we have that front four and the aggressive D lineman that we got. And we have a running game. Facts. And they can't stop our running game. They know they can't stop our running game. Not so giving up 4.8 a clip. Not giving up 4.8 a clip. So it's going to be a game where he's got to make the most out of his possessions, which raises the anxiety of the offense. And then you add some of that, make some of that cayenne D-line, you know, a <laughs> little, little pepper here and there and that D-line. You, you're, going to have, you're going to have a little rushed quarterback. That's the ingredients for a rush quarterback. So 
We want him to feel uncomfortable, and it's going to be because he's not going to look up at the scoreboard by third quarter and look to take his helmet off. Yeah. It ain't going to be 50 to nothing by the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> you going – so – I think it'll be a great game for us. Better challenge because this will let us know if we're ready for any type of New Year's Six Bowl, and and winning in style, Lord or have it. Who knows? We can sneak in that number six spot. And I'll tell you this: if you watch that UCLA game, Notre Dame must be stout in the red zone. Please force USC to take field goals because their place kicker is awful. He's awful. I've never seen someone kick the leg of the holder on a field goal attempt until Saturday night. <laughs> he literally kicked the hand, followed through, and caught the knee. I was like, wait a minute. Yo, he finally got his act together. But I'm like, yeah, bring him on the field in a clutch yeah. situation. Please. <laughs> Please bring him on the field in a clutch situation. So when they do move the ball, bow your neck, force field goals. That's going to be key on Saturday night. And Notre Dame is going to win the special teams. Yes. They, they took the week off against Boston College. Yeah. Like, the level, you know, we're we're a specialist group for real. You know, you you you, you don't call the you to go handle a store robbery. You know what I mean? And it was like, oh, we, we, we clean it up and all that, but we we ready for the big stuff. This is what you call the Green Rangers. Yeah. Green Rangers on that special team, we want them pump. We need a pump block right now. We need ASAP. Catch them off guard. Brian, draw it up in the sands. How are we going to execute? So in the big moments like this, this is where special team shows out. I'm glad Marcus Freeman pays attention to that because that's what it matters. It might be on our list of things we're most thankful for tomorrow. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. Jason Hewlett, once again, man, we appreciate you today. No <laughs> just don't have, yes. have the double safety yes. <laughs> as a highlight of them scoring a touchdown. Like, but we can run it. You see what Al Golden has fallen in love with, though. He's <coughs> thrown, he's thrown the he's thrown the double safety blitz away, and he's fallen in love with the slot blitz. Yep, that Tariq Bracy blitz because he that Bracy Xavier Watts. Yep. Now he's we're a little closer. He's like, we ain't got to come from depth. We just come from the side this time. Right, right, and they've been very successful with it. That's right. So I look forward to seeing more of that. Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go now and get all the great content. Our guy, State of Recruiting, John Garcia Jr., will be with us tomorrow at noon to discuss everything that's going on. I did not know that the FCS transfer portal opens up three days before the FBS transfer portal. Oh, there's there's so all of the FCS guys are going to be grabbing spots that might impact flipping season and recruits. It's about to be crazy, bro. Yeah, it's It's almost as if signing day is like bottom tier. Dude, people talking about Peyton Bowen, Ryan Day just lost a quarterback to Florida State. He lost a running back. 
He's about to lose a tight end. Yeah. It's the and landscape is just different now. Maybe it's because they know they're getting transfers or well, people know what's coming in because now you know staffs have to look at it's a quiet if I'm not mistaken, and I'll ask John Garcia this to get um the information correct. But if I'm not mistaken, back in the day, this last week, you could go visit kids back in the day. Because Notre Dame, when they took the trip out to California, the coaching staff would go out there early and visit some of the California kids. They used to do this all the time in the BK era and in the Lou Holtz era. Now with the new rules, this is a dead period still until that first week of December right before the FCS. And so it's going to be very interesting, right? Because you kids go to FCS schools to earn that FBS scholarship. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so you have big-time players. Right now, we're watching film on a, a big-time uh, MVP defensive end from FCS that might interest Notre Dame. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, now you got FCS, you got JUCO, you got signing day. Yes. And then you got regular transfer portal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what is more important because it's a win now. It's a win yesterday culture. It even win now. It's a win yesterday culture. So, you know, it used to be when I was in school, that's crazy that I have to say that now, but, you know, big JUCO schools were the big thing. You know, get the number one JUCO prospect. SC used to, uh, uh, the SEC used to love the big-time JUCO prospects. Now it's changed. Now yeah. you got the FCS portal. You got the regular transfer portal where Alabama's picking off the top, but that was amongst other teams they played. So high school recruiting almost feels like a project or an investment where it's like, you know, if you're not impacting us first year, who knows what's going to happen? And then, then you got to think about the red shirt guys that you had on hold for a year. Yeah. You got, I mean, the guys coming off injuries. Like, how do you even treat guys with injuries now? Because now it's like, shoot, you get hurt longer than a couple months. Mm -hmm. I can, I'm recruiting all year round. Like, I, it's almost we have to start – Allowing schools to bring in guys every Tuesday, like the lead, just to just to see what you got, just to save phone call minutes. Yeah, because there's a lot of interest from these guys, but also you got to think: Do these guys fit? Are they just good where they was at? Are they, you know, what's what's all the things included? At some point, we got to start having guys come up there during the year and and having workouts. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Because you don't want to start hitting and missing on portal keys. Now it's messing the chemistry of the team up. You get the development issues going on. You get some hit, but it's just a lot going on. I think Alabama, as great as a transfer, a transfer portal season they had, some of their transfers ain't panning out just as how they may have wanted it. Well, I mean, Nick Saban is not fully invested. Yeah. He really doesn't like the portal. He really doesn't like NIL, right? And he might be a dinosaur, right? And the game might outgrow him and pass him by. He's not bought in because he understands the negatives to it. Like, everybody gets happy. Like, you know, these kids deserve this, deserve that. 
Like you never heard about freshmen being outside the locker room chiefing before a game on the road. Like who does that? When? Well, it, it that like Randy Gregory in Nebraska. Not on, not on game day, bro. On game Randy day. Gre- Randy Gregory at Nebraska. Absolutely. But I'm just saying. Tyron Matthew at LSU before you had to go to rehab. Overall? Overall. Just true freshman? Come on, man. Like, you got a true freshman like Walter Nolan. I'll take my NIL money, but I'm out of here. I mean, look at Texas A&M, how it's devastated them. That NIL devastated them. And this is why. And I think the fan base, with those within the fan base that think Notre Dame needs to step it up, it will get to it. We don't need to do nothing but what we're doing. (laughs) No, no, it's like literally relax, dude, because like I said, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in a second when we get to the comments. But the landscape is different, man. This is a new ball game, and we are all witnesses to what's going to happen because none of us can really predict what's about to go down. We can't. They got to drop some legislation or something. This next month is about to be the wild, wild west. Because this is technically early signing day. This is the early signing day on the 21st. And this is where everybody signs now because everybody right. want to go to school early. Right. Absolutely. So Keon probably going to sign around this time. And I mean, damn near, you want to sign as early as you can now. Yeah. They'll just be like, well, I got this transfer guy that just popped up. And I've been recruiting you for about two years in high school. Now it's like, eh. So something something gotta gotta alleviate or some more money gotta come into these programs to build out bigger recruiting staffs. Yeah. None of these colleges have enough people in that recruiting office to handle the amount of craziness that is going on. In yeah. this in this trend world, you know. Yeah. Uh we had a question earlier. Is Notre Dame a mediocre program? I got KL. If we're mediocre, then what is the rest of the 98% of the country? Not worth Shout talking out. about. Bailey Brad said no, but they do need to adjust their NIL approach. We'll get to that. Uh biggest improvement. Sensation says, I want to say coaching. I feel like the more confident and comfortable the coaches I've gotten, the team has gotten better. Roger Blackman, thank you for tapping in. If we finish the season 10 and 3, I would say that it's a great first season under Freeman and going forward, things look very well for us. Andrew Rhodes, O-line is the biggest improvement. It's insane how good they are compared to where they started this season. Bailey Brass said the run game, Notre Dame. 2164, maybe the linebackers. Linebackers have improved. I look, and that's just been over the last three games. Vastly improved. Cajun Irish, thank you for tapping in. I don't understand so-called ND fans that don't understand how ND works. ND holds itself to a different standard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should hold ourselves to a different standard. You know, we shouldn't let the, the college football world dictate us. Just like our guy uh, Houston Griffin said, don't let them come in there and dictate us and start making us get out of character like Texas A&M and throwing a bunch of money around and not having no 
no substance. Oh, yeah, no substance no or solution to it. Yeah, right. just make sure right. you throw your bag, come on over, throw you a bag, come on over. And now nobody gets nobody together, and y'all just got a bunch of talent that can't win. And then they go like, you know what? I'm a lead. And you can't stop them. Right. right. And you can't do nothing about it. So it's just, I think that it's making some teams good fast, but it doesn't sustain teams either. Like Tennessee is not sustainable. No. Nope. They have a nope. great start with a bunch of first-year guys, but what, what, where the recruiting comes in at and the development comes in at hits you at the end of the season. These guys are one-year guys. It ain't too much developing and coaching you can really get towards them last couple games of the season because it's like it is what it is. Yeah. So I think it'll be important for us to figure out how to keep the development going in the midst of bringing on maybe not having to bring all the one-year guys, just bring a, a limit of like four and commit to it. We just got to bring four because we bring too many it's just hard to keep the team chemistry going. So, yeah. Lee Marie, appreciate you. NIL is blowing up all over college football. The NBA approach was smart business decision, and there's a collective, and the NIL becomes regulated. NBA will take charge. I would say this without saying too much. If there are recruits in a 23 class that made their decision, to not come to Notre Dame because of NIL, they will regret it soon thereafter. I'll leave it at that. In a few short days after a signing day, if that was their decision, they're going to see some things happen that they're going to say, oh, snap, I didn't know that was getting ready to happen. Yeah. Oh, snap, I didn't know that was coming. And I'll just leave it at that. It's like Lee Marie said it. Jack, but this is the thing. Jack Swarbrick told you. Like, it's not, why are you mad? He told you. We're not jumping feet first into this. We're going to watch it, let it play out, and see how it develops. And when everything calms down, then we'll decide how we need to move forward. Notre Dame never said we're not doing NIL. They never said that. But no, they're not about to be throwing bags. Look, me and Malik disagree. Because I feel like a high school kid has not added any value to the brand. So I'm not giving you money. Well, the moment you the moment does, you take, the moment you take your first practice and you commit, now I'll give you now you've added to the brand. Oh uh, okay. you haven't signed the paper, you do. You can dip out on me at any moment. Like, like I'm going exactly or Keon Keeley. Shit, we have right. Keon in the bag. You want me to tell you, yeah, I'll give you this, and you still leave me hanging on signing day? Nah, you commit. How about that? Sign and, and then commit, not even good enough because the dude committed at Texas AM and still and bounced. That's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, you have in order to get a piece of the pie, you gotta. Dude, there is no... You got to put some stats up. How about that? You know what I'm saying? There is no payout without investment. Yeah. There is no return on investment without you being invested. 
And your verbal commit is not an investment. Your signature is an investment. You sign, okay, here's your return on investment. It's as simple as that, man. It's as simple as that. And that's that's why I stand. And if people feel like, well, you're going to fall behind, that's cool. Fall behind what? What are we falling behind as a top 10 team? In the I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. You're not going to verbally commit to me and then go search for deals and bring those deals back to me saying, what can you do? We're not playing that game. Even though that's what businesses do. Certain businesses. <laughs> like in the finance business, they'd be like, they trying to offer me over here. What you got? Yeah. Ooh. And whatever company has the right to say, man, that's a better deal. That's a better deal. Uh, you should take that deal. Ozzy <laughs> Mack and Sean, I know what you're saying, but in the if they take care of business Saturday, oh, talking about the rankings, does the committee even having a debate? Have a debate since we should have defeated five. We would have de- defeated five ranked teams. Um, yeah, you got three losses. <laughs> like, dude, I don't care how many ranked teams you beat, you lost to Stanford and Marshall. That's not a race. So you are you are in high a highly inconsistent team. That's how they'll view you. Highs and lows. Great highs and really bad lows. And in comparison to the rest of the teams, they're probably going to view them as being more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think consistency is something that uh is just the main part of what Notre Dame holds on to strong. And you can only be consistent by continuing the day after day details mm-hmm. and routines that make you consistent. And I think we we stick to those routines to a T. And so that's not see. And I don't want to make this an argument, dude. Look, and then all of us are Americans, right? And we chant USA, right? Donnie Cruz says, why not? That's business. Guess what America doesn't do? A lot of shit. No, no, no. The (laughs) phrase, famous phrase, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. Period. Now, wait a minute. That gets sticky if it's yours, right? Because the same people that say, okay, that's right, we don't negotiate with terrorists would be like, man, y'all need to go get Brittany Griner, right? Because when it's yours, her over there, she a criminal, she a criminal. No, that's what I'm saying. There's some people that might be like, no, 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 now it's personal. Like, dude, stop running over the way your team does business because they've done it that way. It's not changing. Notre Dame was told they wouldn't be relevant once everybody started joining conferences. Is Notre Dame relevant? Notre Dame, has, they have spit in the face of every business model that everybody told them they would have to do. And it's no different for NIL. You're not about to tell Notre Dame what they have to do. They're going to do it their way. Every time. Every time. And if you don't like it, go to another fan base. But stop whining about what you know your team is. That's who they are. Marcus Freeman goes out on the recruiting trail with one hand behind his back. 
I'm sorry. That might not be the best example. But there are certain things that he can't do, whether it's emissions, weather, whatever. Being in the Midwest, whatever you want to talk about that's used for negative recruiting. He has to deal with that. You know what the previous coach did? He used it as an excuse. Yeah. And he refused to go after five-star players because yeah. he said they won't come anyway. They won't even commit. They won't even visit. Marcus Freeman said, I'm not using that as an excuse. I might have one arm, but I'm still going out here. And I'm going to do my job. Exactly. Like, we act like we don't know who Notre Dame is and how they operate. Stop. Jack Swarbrick told you to your face how they were going to approach NIL. You act like no one told you. He told you. Stop saying silly stuff like they're not doing NIL. He never said that. And like I said, there are certain things happening that if the 23 class decide not to join Notre Dame's class because of NIL, they will soon regret when they see what takes place days after that. I'll leave it at that. Notre Dame is going to do NIL their way. And the truth of the matter, no one else would hot bro. If I hired you to manage my business, I hired you to manage my business. Am I giving you a paycheck when I hire you? Yeah. No. Oh, not when you hire me. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. no. You're hired. Here's a check. No, no, no. It don't work like that. Notre Dame's business model is our brand is our brand without you. You coming let's in? Above. Let's 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 keep it a buck because we want to talk business, right? Their business model is: Do you understand how many people have told us that we couldn't stay independent, we couldn't do this, and we still have better financial standing than all the big SEC schools with all the revenue they bring in? Our financial books are still better, and we're about to get seventy-five mil for us that we don't have to share. And you think we got to give you a million to just commit to our school? Man, you're, I don't, man, you're crazy. You think, you think we're about to, and this is the crazy thing. When are kids asking for that? Dude, a mil, 500,000, all types of crazy stuff. There are commits, forget Peyton Bowen, there are commits Littered throughout the 20 plus commits that are still receiving NIL offers from other schools, six figures, and they're telling them no. I don't want to hear that crap about Notre Dame, NIL. The, the Notre Dame discussion with NIL happens with every recruit. Every recruit walks in the building and has a session with Notre Dame about NIL opportunities. Every last recruit. If you choose to commit, that's on you. We've had the NIL discussion. But what you're not going to do, what you're not going to do is come back and tell me, they paying me this. What, you, what can you do? Like I just gave the example. If I hire you, Malik, and I say this is your salary, you can go get a higher salary. 
you can go get a better offer, but you don't control how I operate. So you can come back to me all you want to and say, well, man, they're going to offer me $10 more an hour. That's good. You should take that. Yeah. Marcus Freeman has been consistent. Cats come back. Yo, Alabama and Ohio State. This is what they saying. You know what Marcus Freeman told Cats? You should take that. Yeah. He said, I would. I'll take that. But Go ahead. Over here. You should take that. Go ahead. Decommit. You should take that. Quarterback. Quarterback. Man, I know I've been committed. I know I've been helping you guys recruit, but, yo, what do you think? Man, you might want to take that deal. <laughs> You're not about to run us, dude. No. And this NIL is not about to run us, like it's running Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M, like Tennessee is starting to crumble. You have smart people at Notre Dame that saw this coming and said, we're not about to play ourselves. And y'all sitting here mad because they didn't jump in too feet. Because Indy going to protect that brand before anything. What what does Indy look like with players being like, yeah, I just had to run Notre Dame for a bag real quick. And I'm bouncing. And now I'm bouncing. Notre Dame rather die than have that story out there. <laughs> is it the shield, the ND? No, no, you 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 came for a great visit, and you tried to do your little business dealings, and it wasn't working over here. Okay. Well, we we appreciate you. Come on back, shoot. We got good game environment, you know all that. But you're not going to be telling no crazy recruiting stories on us. How you left with a Corvette or something crazy? No. No. We, gotta, we have to do better, man. And that's why tomorrow we're going to dig deep. When we explain, along with our guest, John Garcia Jr., the amount of strides that's been made up in a short time by Marcus Freeman on the recruiting trail, and when you really find out how Notre Dame was viewed just one year ago on the recruiting trail by the top recruits, then you'll understand. Yeah. Y'all want this, y'all want your know, fans want this microwavable stuff that Michigan State did last year. 20 transfers. Yeah. Where they at now? And that was all built off of one player. The running back. All them transfers all sounded great because it worked off of one guy. But when that guy left. Mel Tucker must have left with him because we don't know what happened to him next year. Well, left. <laughs> so he might get a quarterback. He might get a quarterback. Talk about it now, left. You can talk about it now before we get out of here. Your boy just made it official. He said he was going to post it at one o'clock, and he, he stayed to his word. There we he go, man. His word. He said he's he's on time already. That's you got to passes can be on the same time. You officially, you're right. I like that. You officially <laughs> have your quarterback in the 23 class. Kenny Minchie said he was going to do it at 1 o'clock Eastern. He's a man of his word, like Left said, always on time, always accurate. That's what you're getting at Notre Dame. Kenny Minchie, the quarterback of the 2003 recruiting class. We'll talk about that tomorrow more in depth. You know what time it is. Petticoat. Petticoat.
It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Noah Whiskey at NoahWhiskey.com and Premium American Whiskey at NoahWhiskey.com. Lane Kiffin, my man. I love you, dude. <laughs> Yo, local reporter down there breaks news last night that Lane Kiffin is going to be leaving Ole Miss and going to take the head coaching job at Auburn. And Lane Kiffin got super petty. He started posting pictures all over the place, pictures of playbooks. Pictures of the Egg Bowl trophy. Pictures of a letter, <laughs> a message that talked about the actual guy that released that information <laughs> and his career move that was getting ready to happen. Look, Lane Kiffin, I got to put you on the petty train, but that, yeah. was, that was hilarious, bro. I yeah. love it. I love Lane, it. Kiffin, Lane Kiffin, don't let it, he's not going outside like these older coaches no. in the college. No. No. He's like LeBron, he's going to control that narrative. Man, everybody, we thank you. We will dig in. Don't forget John Garcia Jr. tomorrow joins the show. We give you our five things we're thankful for with the Notre Dame football program and dig into the numbers of the matchup with USC. Have a great day. Most of all, make sure you spend it different. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.